the glitzy reputation of the sovereign city-state that we know of as the Principality of Monaco has been fed by its famous casinos, the Grand Prix Auto Race, and even James Bond movies. Monaco can be a fascinating bonus to your travels along the French Riviera. To introduce us to the sites are tour guides Hilburn Bies and Gael Pacheco Bies, who incidentally were married there just one year ago. Hilburn and Gael, welcome. Wonderful to be Thank here. Thank you. When you think of Monaco, you're thinking of a time, it's called a principality, is that right? Gail, can you just describe, first of all, is it Monaco or Monaco? It's Monaco. 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 <laughs> Monaco. And we hear Monte Carlo and Monaco. What is the difference? Okay, so Monaco is the name of the principality, but there are four different neighborhoods, actually, and Monte Carlo is one of them. It's the most famous one. It's the glitzy one with the casino and everything, Absolutely, right? yeah. absolutely. So we have uh, La Condamine, which where we have the beaches. Uh, we have Monte Carlo, which is the one we just mentioned. There's the Fontvieille, which is the most, the more modern part. And that's reclaimed land mostly? Yes, absolutely. With lots of condominiums and, exactly. and a big uh, population density? Exactly, and shops and uh, etc. And then we have the Rock, which is where there's the, the palace. So, Hilburn, talk about the rock, because for a sightseer, the rock is kind of it. So, the rock, or as they call it, le rocher, that's really something extraordinary, because when you think of the Riviera, and you think of the principality, what you're expecting to see is uh, little villages perched up on stone formations along the coast, and that's that's what that rock is. Now, on both sides, you'll see this expanse of urbanity, very small, albeit, but you'll see these buildings, but that's the one that's the best preserved. It has the principal palace. And, and this whole principality is like less than one square mile. You could easily fit it inside Central Park in New York. Incredible. An in- independent country inside Central Park in New York. I mean, it's, it's a quirky place. There's more people in the orchestra than there are in its army. Absolutely. In fact, they have a treaty with France is that France will take care of its defense, provided that uh, Monaco does not have any territorial claims on French territory. That sounds like a fair swap. It's a fair swap. Uh, the population is about, I think, 30,000 people, and most of them are transplants living there for tax relief. Gail, what is it that attracts people to Monaco these days? Mm, Residents in general are interested in, of course, taxes, the lack of taxes. Because Europe is so high. A lot of Americans complain about taxation, but if if we knew Europe's tax rates, we would be pretty thankful that we're paying American tax rates. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you're a, a wealthy person, Progressive taxation is the big deal in Europe. Uh, Absolutely. And we, we cap it here at about half what the European top rate is. So Europeans can be paying 80 or 90% of their marginal income in taxes. So if you're very wealthy, you have a huge incentive to uh, make Monaco your residence. Exactly. You need to have residency there, yes, to be a resident. But there are 10,000 people that are true. What do we call the people who live there? Monegasques. There are roughly 8,000 Monegasques. 8,000 Monegasques who are not there for tax purposes. They're there because that's where their family has been. That's their heritage. Exactly. They're from there. They derive uh, certain advantages. Any position that's in public administration, they have first, uh, oh. first choice for it. They have a preferential sort of employment policy. They also even have a preferential employment policy with private sector positions. But they're much more Jobs available. So if Bjorn Borg or a member of ABBA is moving in just to avoid taxes, uh, Joe Monaco is going to get the job first. If it's a public function, it is. What's the personality of the Monegasques? Gal would be best suited to describe a Monegasque. Some of her neighbors <laughs> were Monegasques. Yes, I think you would be surprised. They're very, very nice people and very down to earth. They spend a uh, whole year long in Monaco. They're very attached to their principality and their prince in general. So there is local pride. There is. There and is. And they've got a local family. Talk, talk about the royal family 
that is like the rock star and president and king of, of the principality altogether in one. Yes, there's a prince in the Monaco, Albert, and uh, his father died in 2005. So now he's the new prince and he got married a couple of years ago to Charlene, who is uh, from South Africa. Actually, uh, he's famous and people like him. So there's no um, big scandals. There's a pretty he's he's well thought of in, in the town. There've been a couple of scandals, but there's scandals in all families. <laughs> this and is the Grimaldi family. It is the Grimaldi family. Yes, absolutely. And he's Albert is the son of Grace Kelly, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and yes, there, he's doing a pretty good job. I think Grace Kelly really gives the cachet that we know of Monaco today. Grace Kelly was that turning point for Monaco. It went from being a quirky little place on the Mediterranean to mm. being this glitzy, fantastic, glamorous, glamorous place where people yeah. of riches and splendor were able to come and, uh, and spend and their time. When you visit today, it feels like a toy kingdom in so many ways. Very well run, very wealthy, very, very comfortable. A lot of people say Monaco is big business and Prince Albert is the CEO. What do they mean when they say that? Prince Albert is the CEO of the architectural promoter. So the building promotion takes place under a company which uh, builds and destroys and rebuilds taller every time. And so he has a lot of influence over the urban planning. Mm -hmm. And because the only income that the state can find is a little bit through the casino, but mostly sales tax... Every time an apartment gets sold or any time a building gets built, that's where the state earns its money. He is the CEO of a, um, of a large-scale construction company. Now, Gail, I've also heard the nickname that Monaco is a sunny place for shady people. What is meant by that? <laughs> a sunny place for shady people. Hmm. I mean, is there a lot of um, secretive characters there that are hugely wealthy? I mean, you, you stand there and you look at these yachts. It's almost big news when a yacht comes in because people know, oh, that's so-and-so's yacht, and here's another. Uh, there's that whole elite world that comes and goes, uh, and, and they know the rhythm of life for the, the billionaires on this planet. Yes, it's true. When you go over there, tourists, when they go, they can go to the harbor or go to the Café de Paris and just stand there and look at the, all those people, all those cars as well, because you didn't mention the cars. Boats, cars, and uh, beautiful people everywhere. And that's a uh, sport, actually. <laughs> so, because you have the Grand Prix. Yes, absolutely. Formule 1. And, and this is an amazing thing because last time I was in Monaco, the, the main streets were, there was the barricades up and the protective things and so on, and they were ready for this incredible race that actually uses the city streets. Can you describe the Grand Prix and what it's like when that happens? Yeah, it happens in spring, which I think is a very good time of the year to go to the Riviera. There's so many things happening over there, uh, not mentioning the Festival de Cannes also. And uh, the Formula One, uh, if you don't pay, that's really funny. If you don't pay, you don't see anything. Can There's you imagine? There's a barricade around the entire racetrack. You could try as hard as you wish. You could make a scaffolding, put, on, put yourself on top of a, landing, a ladder and put yourself on stilts. It'll be impossible to see the race unless you've paid or if you're very fortunate, you own an apartment with a view so over it. So they've figured it out. They know all the viewpoints for the oh, race they, oh, and they they they've do. got it down. So what do you do? You rent an apartment for a very high price to have a oh, view, okay. of course, from a balcony. But can you imagine? I think it's the only race that happens in a city in the world. Is that true? I don't know, actually. That's my understanding. Yeah. And it, do the cars crash and break in, and, and crash into buildings and banks and people's homes? Or oh, does absolutely. It it, it, they actually happen. So. Well, well, they don't break a home because there are mm-hmm. these big concrete barricades everywhere. But uh, the race car drivers, it's a professional race. They race very seriously. And they're not taking any compromises simply mm-hmm. by virtue of the fact that they're in the city. It's pedal to the metal. Pedal to the metal. Absolutely. How do you, how do you say pedal to the metal in French? Gail? I don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a saying like that? A fond la caisse. A fond la caisse. What does that mean? 
À fond la caisse, it means pedals in the metals. <laughs> yeah, pedal yes. to the metal. Yes, so absolutely. But uh, Rick, don't forget that sports are very, very important in Monaco, actually. Uh, Grace Kelly educated her three children, Albert mm -hmm. and uh, Stephanie and Caroline, uh, Caroline, and uh, well educated, and she asked them to do lots of sports. This is Travel with Rick Steves. As we do every week, we're diving into one interesting corner of our world with expert local guides. Today we're joined by Hilbrun and Gail Baez, and we're talking about one of Europe's little thrills, Monaco. Gail, you mentioned it was during the festival time. They have the Grand Prix in Monaco, and then they have the uh, festival in Cannes. We've got to remember the context. Monaco is just one of this little charm bracelet of beautiful attractions on the French Riviera. It may be an independent country, but it's connected very easily by train and bus and, and on the Corniche if you want to drive to the other great sites nearby. From Monaco, Hilburn, in one day, you could drive and quickly see a number of interesting places. What might you side trip to see? Oh, absolutely. I would certainly go to Italy because uh, Monaco is only 20 kilometers away from Italy. And just crossing first from Monaco into France, the uh, urban planning is completely different. And then driving past Menton into Italy, once again, the covered markets are different. The things they sell, the people. This is it's where Italy and France comes together. Absolutely. Isn't it? As a matter of fact, there was a plebiscite. Talk about how Monaco was, was formed and, and its relationship to France and Italy. This entire region, the county of Nice, wasn't a part of France until very recently. It was a deal between Napoleon II and uh, Umberto of Italy somewhere in the, in the second half of the... When the, Italy was uniting, and the big question along the border is, are little regions, uh, principalities, small areas going to join the Italian Union, or are they going to stay with France, or maybe they're going to stay uh, uh, their own principality? I, I understand Monaco used to be a bigger country. Considerably bigger, yes. It must have been about thrice as large as it is now, at least. Mm -hmm. And and so in 1860, when they were unifying Italy, when they were doing these deals between France and um, Italy, a plebiscite was made, and the Monegasque population largely chose to stick with France. So a lot of, two-thirds of the people chose to stay with France, not to be part of the principality. Yes. So that, that sort of made the principality a bit of a rump state. Was there some kind of a quid pro quo to, to keep them going? Yes, absolutely, because they would uh, lose a great deal of their productive territory, that is, where they could farm mm -hmm. and, and live off. The arrangement was that France said, well, if this is how it is, why don't you enjoy your from your privileged status and take advantage of that by opening up a casino, which could produce some revenue. So you got this little quirky principality with the freedom to have a, a casino yes. in the holiday destination zone for all of these British, Russian, French elites that were coming down to the French Riviera. It used to be a matter, of course, that peoples of means would winter in the Riviera, and that would be driving up and down these roads around, along the Cornice and then stopping into Monaco and playing. Mm. Uh, that was the sort of the playground of the rich all winter And to this day, long. tourists can step into that elegant casino in Monte Carlo and listen to the sound. I love that clicking, rolling sound of the, the graceful reshuffling of personal fortunes. Yes, they can. And one shouldn't hesitate to enter into the casino. It's not an exclusive place. Well, it is an exclusive place if you wish to play millions, but it's not mm -hmm. an exclusive place if you wish to enter and, and view. And, Gail, there's a room with... With smaller games also? There is an annex where you can go as a tourist and you can spend a few so, euros and uh, then buy an ice cream after that. But James Bond and Prince Albert and, and his cohorts would be in a more private zone deeper into the casino, I would imagine. Closed rooms. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> if you have a tie, put it on when you go to the casino. Absolutely. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been joined by Hilburn and Gail Baez talking about Monaco. Hilburn and Gail, thanks so much for a fascinating insight into this worthwhile corner of Europe. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. 
As classic, Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Along those same lines, Europe 101 History and Art for the Traveller is a must-read for anyone who appreciates Europe's rich history and great art. To learn more about Rick's books, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.